Welcome to the Listen for Life podcast with Genevieve Richardson. Genevieve is a speech-language pathologist rehabilitating adults with communication challenges after a stroke or due to a neurological impairment. Get equipped with knowledge from experts in the field and professionals you need to know. We'll hear stories and experiences from others who are navigating life with aphasia. So, put your earphones in and take a walk outside. This isn't just a podcast. This is a community, a resource, and a support system. We're in this together. Do life. Good morning, everybody. Genevieve Richardson here from the Life Speech Pathology Show. I am super excited to share with you my friend, Carrie Lalonde. She is a genetic pharmacist. And you're probably thinking, well, I have a pharmacist. Why do I need a genetic pharmacist? Well, I'm going to let her explain to you how the connection of your genes, how your body is made, can impact how the medications that your healthcare providers prescribe for you and how those things interact and how knowing what your genetics are can impact how well your body uptakes medicine, how easily your body eliminates the medicine, if you get some gnarly side effects, all those kinds of things. So we're gonna let Dr. Carrie Lalonde tell us all about that. So let's bring her up and here we go. Good morning, Carrie. Good morning, Genevieve. How are you this morning? I am well, just playing with the tech things. <laughs> right there with you. As always, right? I call that a Monday, Thursday. There you go, Monday, Thursday. I'll take it. So Carrie, dazzle us a little bit about what is pharmacogenomics? Fancy, big fancy word. I'm going to type it in the chat so everybody can see what that looks like. I'll try and spell it correctly while you talk. That's okay. So pharmacogenomics, or the acronym for it is PGX, is the study of pharmacy or medicines in your genetic makeup. So what does that mean? So that means your DNA, your most foundational levels. So that's what we're all made up of. And currently the estimate is about 20,000 genes. And within those 20,000 genes are millions of changes. And of these millions of changes, they affect different aspects of, of our life. Okay. It, it, everything from hair color, eye color, wrinkles, but most importantly, and what my focus is, is how it affects medications and how medications affect you. You know, we look at, like Genevieve was saying in the introduction, you know, how do medications move through your body? You know, from the moment you swallow a medication, how is it absorbed? Are you absorbing it? If you are absorbing it, great. Are you able to get it to where it needs to go? So it enters in the bloodstream. Is it going to go to your liver? Is it going to go to your brain? Is it going to your heart? Where is that medicine targeted? Is it supposed to be a pain, a pain relieving medication? Either which way, any we look at the absorption, what we call the distribution, which is how it moves. Does it get across those membranes of those organs to get to what we call the receptors to create the effect we're looking for? Is it going to relieve your pain? Are you going to have gnarly side effects from it? Hopefully not. Yeah. Our goal in pharmacogenomics is to reduce the number of adverse effects people experience and to increase the therapeutic effects or ensure that our patients are on the right medications 
but for the shortest amount of time possible when necessary. I like that shortest amount of time possible when necessary. Because it's not always the case, especially in the stroke community, right? We think we need to keep with these medicines for years and years at a time and because that's right the norm it's it's the norm it's what the doctors are prescribing so let's take a step back because we there's just so much to get into here that i that i want this community to to know and understand where would you like to go first where we can break it down for how does one even start to question their medication? What is the flag for them to go, oh, maybe there is a conversation I need to have with my doctor, whether I've been on the med for a really long time or adverse side effects. Where would you say a family needs to start? Well, you've actually nailed the first two. You know, maybe you, one, you've been on a medication or you started a medication and you've had a side effect to it, something that's just not enjoyable. It doesn't matter if it's nausea, diarrhea, vomiting, headaches, and those are all side effects. What would be worse is if you're not getting any therapeutic effect from it. So what is the medication supposed to be doing? Is it, is it helping? If it's not helping, then that's a red flag. Then you need to go talk to somebody and say, Hey, you know what? This isn't working. And unfortunately, what typically happens then is they will try to what we call maximize therapy, which means they will titrate or gradually increase the dose and see how it goes. For as much as I don't like this expression, this trial and error, that is what we've been doing. Okay. That is, and my job is to try to put that in the past. So instead of trial and error, we can look at it and we can say, Hey, you know what? This is the medication you should be on. This is going to be the most effective for you because of your genetic makeup. And we know where you're at. And so we can talk to your provider and then we can have those conversations with them once we have your DNA and your genetics in front of us. But definitely the first steps for a family are just recognizing that, Hey, you know, something's just not working right. Or, you know what? It's just not, I don't know. Something's just off. And, it, and that's all you really need. I had a conversation with one of my clients yesterday. And I was just in general asking her about her meds. Like, what are you taking? And she had actually never taken the time. She, she ended up being on eight medications that she wasn't really sure what they were. So her husband handed her the basket of the pills and then she's literally spelling for me the names and I'm typing them up on, we, on zoom, I use a whiteboard and we type up the names and then I'm Googling what each of these medications are for. She found out she was on an opioid and she says she still has a lot of pain. So she wasn't exactly sure for which pain they were prescribing it for. But the point is now she knows. And that's one question she can go back to the doctor with. Like, I still have pain. Why am I on this medicine? What would you say families need to do as far as these medications? So if you're on eight medications, it is a very good idea to, first of all, get a consult with a pharmacist. Okay. Of course, preferentially, it would be with a genetic pharmacist because that begins then the process of 
collecting a cheek swab and because all your DNA is right here, it's in your cheeks. So there's there's something to be said for those CSI or NCIS and all those where you take the sip of water and then the person puts it down and they go get it and they collect your DNA. There is something <laughs> to be said for that. Interesting. Cigarettes probably not so much because heat denatures DNA, but definitely like the water bottle, the coffee cup, you know, whatever it is, you can actually collect from those. So once you get that process started and we have your medications in front of us, and then we can actually run that against your genetics. The initial conversation or interview process that you should have with your pharmacist, again, it doesn't have to be a, a genetic pharmacist. It can be a pharmacist that you just trust. Maybe it's a family friend. Say, hey, can you look at these meds? We all have the ability to look at medications and understand if they are reacting correctly together. Okay. There's a very good possibility that that patient is on a medication that is actually preventing that opioid from working. So for example, if someone is taking Prozac and they're taking Tramadol, so Prozac is an antidepressant, very commonly prescribed. Tramadol is a type of what they call a synthetic opioid that is also commonly prescribed. Prozac, and I'm going to get a little technical here, inhibits its own metabolism. What does that mean? That means it makes it work for a much longer time. So it stops itself from being turned into an inactive compound or an inactive drug. So it stays in the body longer. Right. Right. Because what it does is it stops that gene from creating that enzyme that metabolizes it. Okay. Well, tramadol needs that exact same gene. And that gene is called CYP SIP2, D as in David, 6. Okay. (laughs) Gee. Tramadol needs this to actually create that analgesic or that pain relieving effect because it enters your body and it's not active. Well, it needs that. And once it's activated, then you get the pain relieving effect. So if you have one drug, Prozac, stopping that gene and you have the other drug that needs that gene, guess what? Prozac's going to work fine. Pain relief is not. Oh boy. So, yes. And so therein lies one of the challenges. And a, pretty much any good pharmacist out there can look at that list of medications and say, okay, these are working synergistically, or you know what, these are not, this is not a good combo. And if everything on there, there are no real drug-drug interactions like we like to call, then you really do need to talk to a genetic pharmacist and consider getting some genetic testing done because there's a lot more out there. Our panel is 58 genes and it's 184 changes within those 58 genes. And we are the most comprehensive panel out there because we look at everything we possibly can within the spectrum of clinical science, clinical studies, and information that's available. And that's super important because if you don't look at all the aspects that we started talking about initially with, you know, absorption, um, what we call distribution, how it moves, metabolism, you know, activating or inactivating, making it an excretion, so getting it out of your body. So if we're not looking at all of those in the context of that medication and the genetics involved, we're going to miss something. Okay. Mm. We also look at those receptors. Okay. So we all have, there's millions and millions of receptors in our body for all different kinds of stuff, whether it's pain relief or it's, you know, serotonin. So the happy, one of the happy, what we call chemical neurotransmitters. And also, you know, dopamine falls in that norepinephrine is one epinephrine is another one, all those fall in that. And so, you know, the receptors for all of those and the transporters for all of those are all different. So when we look at this and we look at the way medications work for individuals, we look at all of that. 
we look at whether or not they're competing against each other or whether they're being synergistic because there are definitely some combinations available and available out there that are very synergistic from what we call the drug gene drug side. Okay. Wow. And Prozac and tramadol can be another great example because if a patient is in what we call an ultra rapid metabolizer, so that means that they, they get medications out of their system really, really fast before they get to that therapeutic level. Okay. If a patient is on Prozac and they're doing that, it, that Prozac takes them down a level to a normal status, which means that that tramadol is going to work like normal given everything else. However, what it is also, what that Prozac is also going to do is prevent that patient from then going, becoming toxic and having an adverse event or, you know, whatever that may be with the tramadol. Too much tramadol, bad. When you have that conversion, you know, it can be very, very detrimental. And that's, again, another one of those things that pretty much any pharmacist that I know can be able to look at a list of meds and, and help understand that. So that could be a first step. Mm -hmm. That could be a first step talking to your, your local pharmacist. Yep. But let's talk about your business, healthbygenetics.com. Carrie, you are here in Austin, Texas. But can you work with people outside of the state of Texas? Tell us how that works. Yep, I absolutely can. So pharmacogenetics is one of those where we, we can send out. This is a, a swab. I don't know if everybody can see this. This is a, a giant cotton tip and cotton swab. And you rub it on the inside of your cheek and you put it in a nice little tube. There's a little two mil tube and you send it back to us. Okay. Depending upon whether or not you're interested in. So there's a couple different ways to do this right. when we talk about payment. Okay. And we talk about, and we can talk about the finances for a quick second here as we talk yeah, about. Yeah, absolutely. Because that's going to be question number two, right on everybody's mind, like how easy it is to do this. And then what's it going to cost me? So, right. Exactly. And it, it's super easy. We're going to send you a kit and the kit is going to be a requisition form with all your information. You're going to sign off on the requisition form and you're going to send everything back to us in a prepaid envelope. Okay. We ship everything today. And so you'll get it in two days and we'll receive it in two days. Once we receive your sample, we go ahead and process it. So the process of that is we, we take the little tube, with the little swab and we extract or we get all your DNA off of there. And then it goes through an entire process put on our fancy machine. That is super cool. Cause it's got a vacuum equivalent to the vacuum in space. And it's got a laser inside that will actually burn the tip off of a pencil hmm. as long as across the football field. So super cool stuff. Um, we look at your genetics as far as, you know, how, what are the intensities of it? And, it's just, it's science that's just super cool. But anyways, we go ahead, we process that. The entire thing, when it comes off, we then review the data, just the raw data, and we put that into a reporting format. The report comes to me. I review the report, and I create my summary of recommendations based upon the information that you have provided me, okay? I prefer to have an interview process with my patients prior to sending them a sample just because I like to collect. I know what I need to collect as far as information is concerned to effectively create that summary of recommendations based upon that report. Once the report is reviewed, we've consulted it, depending upon the way that it's structured from the beginning is whether or not I speak with the patient first or I talk to the doctor first, or I talk to the doctor and the patient and their family together. Okay. We can 
we have a lot of opportunities and a lot of options. This program in Health by Genetics was created to help patients, to create a new healthcare solution for our patients. But, Love that. So, so how much does this cost? Does Medicare cover it? Do the major insurance providers cover this? How does that work, Carrie? So there, we are credentialed with our lab, Health by Genetics, is credentialed with the majority of third-party payers, so insurance carriers. We are credentialed with Medicare. We are credentialed with several Medicaid programs across the United States because we want to provide access to this opportunity for patients as best as we can. Okay. Now, that being said, not everybody pays for pharmacogenetics, and there are several out there that still require prior authorizations. Um, our billing company can actually help get prior authorizations, but we're going to need some assistance from, from your direct care providers as well. Okay. For those patients that are not covered or their insurance does not want to pay for it, we do have financial assistance programs in place to help with that cost um, because it can, I mean, it can be expensive. I mean, you know, the, you know, when we get to that point or if we have to get to that point, then we can actually review exactly what those, what those charges are. So that's kind of where that stands. Yeah. I love that you're working with third-party payers, some Medicaid programs, Medicare programs. I know. So just out of full disclosure for the audience, I've gone through this process. When Carrie and I met, I'm like, I got to know this. So I did not only the pharmacogenetics, but I also did the nutrigenomics. And we'll have you talk about that, that being another opportunity for information. So I came back with a one inch binder, <laughs> no less than a one inch binder from Carrie that showed me exactly what my genetics show. And it looks at the interaction of the foods that I eat. Oh, yep. See, there it is. It is a lovely binder with more inf information than I would ever use. But the point is, Carrie knows how to use it. So let's pivot a little bit, Carrie, and let's talk about your nutrigenomics panel and what that shows, and then tie that back to the pharmacogenomics. Okay. I'm going to answer one question here from Shaylee. Yes, Shaylee, yeah. I'll pop it up here so everybody can see it. Yeah. How often do you see someone's genetics are not working with their medications? Mm -hmm. I would say more often than not, dare I say that maybe 90% of the time, but and we've been saying that we have to also remember that there are different genes involved with these medications, okay? Different medications, different genes. Now, there are some genes that are involved more heavily, so that CYP2D6 gene is involved in metabolizing 25 to 30% of all commercially available medications today. So that's a big one. That being said, there are, you know, lots of different changes depending upon whether we're looking at a transporter that's talking about, you know, where, whether or not your serotonin is getting to where it needs to go, okay, to create that therapeutic effect. So we're looking at transporters from that standpoint. We're looking at how things move across the blood-brain barrier. So probably about 90% of the time I can identify at least one modification that would affect some medication that patient maybe is not taking or could potentially be taking. I hope that answers your question. Yeah, everybody, it's complex and you need someone like Carrie to break it down for you. But I also, and and I, 
I don't know if this is the right exact moment to talk about it, but how do you interact? Well, actually, we have a question here. So let me pop up this question from Sonia. If someone wants you to discuss the results with their prescribing physician, do you get pushback or are they generally receptive to your suggestions? Let's talk about that. So I will not lie. I do occasionally get pushback from providers. Back in about 2013 the is when we really, the lab started doing what we call doing genetic testing. Okay. And what would happen is that the patients would go, they get their genetic test done and the lab would come in and they'd be like, Oh, here you go, doc. There's your report. Right. Have a nice day. I'm not a geneticist. What am I going to do with this? And then they'd order out of the red, yellow, or green, or they run the green column. They'd order a med for a patient and say, okay, this is the right med. Well, no, they still failed therapy because they didn't take everything else that we've talked about into consideration. It was one drug and one gene. That's not how it works. Right. If we look at, we can't look at ourselves and say, Hey, we're just one gene. We're not we're yeah. about 20,000 genes. So that's where this is changing now. So it, it, they also didn't have a pharmacist on the front end or anybody to give them those recommendations and summarize it and interpret the information and say, Hey, here's where we're at. Here's where we should be going. Okay. So what happened was they were then like, oh, that's just snake oil. And so, you know, they rejected it and threw it aside and didn't do anything more with it, unfortunately, for those patients. What is happening now is when physicians realize that there is someone like myself or one of my clinical pharmacy team members that they are there to actually have a conversation with them. We're not telling them to do anything. We are making suggestions and recommendations. And usually when people come to this point, they're either the doctors or the patients or both are just like, we don't know what else to do. And so they're open to listening and they're open to hearing what is going on. Love that. We have another question here. Let's pop this one up. Do you work with cancer patients too, Carrie? Yes, we do. In fact, part of our PGX panel and the reason, one of the reasons it's expanded is because I wanted to make sure that we looked at the, the cancer drugs. Okay. Very important because they can, those drugs can have side effects that are extremely detrimental to the quality of life after the cancer is gone. All right. Some of them can cause hearing loss. Some of them can cause permanent nerve pain. Okay. And so these are things that if we can find an alternative solution to not only kill the cancer, but also prevent that patient from experiencing those horrendous side effects, that's where we want to go. You know, my, on a personal note, my aunt passed away in 1999 from metastasized breast cancer. She fought it for 14, 17 years. And I looked at her list of medications one day and talked to my uncle and it was just watching what she, knowing what she went through and all the side effects she had. And it was like, man, can't I figure this out? But now we do, we get this, we get that opportunity. What are some other conditions that PGX can, would be useful for? Is it somebody, you know, again, back to this, the stroke community, what if somebody has neuropathic pain? So we do, we look at neuropathic pain. There's obviously there's GABA receptors. We've got, you know, a lot of different pain receptors. So we look at what medications that's treating, are those medications going to be effective? Now, I will preface that by saying not every single medication out there has the genetic information behind it. Okay. Wow. Drug manufacturers are not right now required to provide that information. 
And there are times even when they're like, okay, this works really, really good, but we're not quite sure hundred percent how it works, but it works. We know it's getting to where it needs to go. And so that being said, the medications that we can look at, we definitely do look at, but that's why we do this as comprehensively as possible to understand the different aspects of where is it supposed to be getting to and whether or not those receptors are going to be available for that medication to actually work. We also look at, you know, stuff for the mind. Okay. Whether it's an antidepressant or an anti-anxiety medication, you know, obviously there's pain, but you know, we look at things like Tamsulosin or Mirbetric, things that we would also, you know, that kind of go in this entire process of, you know, what can happen after a stroke. Okay. We can lose function of our bladder. We can lose obviously aphasia. We can do, you know, people get sad. This is a tough, this is a whole change of life. I mean, you went from, you know, probably climbing mountains or doing something to all of a sudden you're, you're kind of trapped in your own body. And that's frustrating. I've seen people go through it. And so it's not uncommon to see patients all of a sudden being like, I need an, they need an antidepressant to help lift them above that cloud. And so we look at, you know, behavioral health medications, antidepressants. These are all some of the best use cases for pharmacogenetics to make sure we're not getting the adverse effects, that we're getting the effects and the stuff that we need to continue our progress, That's right. to continue to move forward. Oh, gives me chills, Carrie, because years ago, we didn't have the technology that we have now. Just you explaining your lab equipment and how, you know, that fancy laser you have and, and how all that, I mean, they, uh, it's, it's just amazing the opportunities we have. So that's part of why I wanted to bring you on today to share with this community that there are options out there. Yes, there are a lot of options out there. The other medication, just very specifically to a lot of times stroke victims is Plavix. Okay. Ah, Plavix. your blood thinners. Yes, one of my faves is Plavix. So warfarin is one of the oldest medications that has genetic there's direct genetic information. In fact, so much so that they actually have a table in their guidelines that says, you know, here's look at this gene, this gene, this gene. And it's, it's a required, that testing is required for that medication. Not many people know that, but it is. So Plavix is another one. So Plavix is enters your body and it's not active. Okay. It's just not. And so what happens is you need a gene called CYP2C19. Okay. That gene produces its namesake enzyme and it metabolizes it to its active form. Okay. Once it gets to its active form, then it creates its therapeutic effect as a, as a blood thinner. Okay. Just make it short. I won't go into antiplatelets versus blood thinners. Okay. <laughs> Some eyeballs glazing over, Carrie. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so if we don't have enough of that gene to create that enzyme, then it's not going to get activated. And the last estimate I heard, okay, and I will find, and I see somebody ask about scientific research and I will find the research on this, but the last estimate I heard was about 25% of all patients taking Plavix are subtherapeutic and nobody really knows because they haven't had a genetic test done. And that's scary because if you're taking it to prevent stroke and you're subtherapeutic, you can have another stroke potentially. I'm not going to say you are going to have a stroke. That'd be like telling somebody, you know, you're not going to die today. I'm sorry to be more, more morbid, but somebody, I asked somebody that once. I said, am I going to die today? They looked at me and they go, I have no idea. Are you going to walk out the door and stand in front of a bus? I'm like, I don't know. Right. Uh, but, but that's a great point because often stroke is related to a heart condition. Right. 
it can be. I mean, anything from AFib to, you know, your blood is too thick. I was trying to list some things out, but I had a, I was a hard time multitasking and typing things in. But we okay. have another question. Have you done any research? I want to say she's saying cannabis. I see. Yeah, I see. I see a couple here. So we actually have a cannabis panel. We have a CBD panel, which are two separate things because CBD is a chemical compound part of the that marijuana plant or that the cannabis plant. Okay, cannabis on the other side is THC. So we look at two completely different chemical compounds in two separate panels. So the CBD side of it is more focused on side effects. We also look at whether or not it could potentially be effective for pain, or as many people are looking at right now, is seizures. All right. So we do have a panel for that now. That being said, mind you, I am a pharmacist. I still need to stay in my lane. I am not a diagnostician at all. Right, right, right. So yes, I do mainly deal with medications, but as Genevieve was alluding to earlier, the nutrigenomics side of what we do also encompasses the cannabis, the CBD, and some of the other things that are do not fall under the FDA, currently under the FDA umbrella, as far as PGX testing is concerned. Okay. So we can definitely talk about all of that. And we do have a lot of that available. Wonderful. Um, well, because that was perfect because we had this question from Lana about do you only focus on medications? Medications is just one component. Correct. And health by genetics, as as we said earlier, is a unique healthcare solution. Okay. We look at the whole person. We don't just look at your meds. We look at everything else too. You know, we look at where are you at right now? We got your basics. Now let's look at your baseline. Let's see where you're at. And let's see where you want to be. What is it going to take for you to live your life abundantly the way you want to on your terms, you know, and how can we help you get there? We look at, you know, mind health, skin health, hormones. We look at diet. We look at exercise, you know, again, CBD, cannabis. This is all part of it. We're process. We're in the process of developing an oral health panel and an eye health panel. So, you know, are you going to get, you know, are, are you more, are you more predisposed or your kiddos more predisposed to getting cavities? I mean, I've got some great dental groups right now who are implementing this into their practice. So that they, yeah. I mean, it, it all makes sense. I mean, right. This is thinking outside the box of what we've come to understand as traditional medicine, right? Yep. I'm just excited that I, that I get to work with the different providers on a multitude of levels, whether it's a psychiatrist, a psychologist, a dentist, a pain specialist, whether it's Genevieve, whether it's you and, and your group of fabulous patients. I mean, I, I just, it, it, it warms my heart to see and to know that something that I have dreamt about in for the last 12 years is coming to full fruition and yes. that health by genetics is leading the charge on all of this. I'm hoping that eventually we will help make that change permanent and that people are like, Hey, you know what? What was the movie? Mr. Mom. Remember in the car plane when he's trying to pull through the car lane and everything else. And his kids are like, you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. And he pulls <laughs> the, the, right. lady that, the lady that's standing there, he rolled down the window. She looks at him. She goes, you're doing it wrong. Cause he was going through the, the car lane the wrong way. It's the pickup and drop off line. So that's always like, it's like, okay, so maybe one day we'll all wake up and somebody will say, Hey, you know what? We've been doing it wrong. So let's do it right. And that's hopefully the yeah. change we can this, this can be just another component to comprehensive healthcare where we're, yep. where, you know, from the genetic perspective, 
we're working on the whole person, just like I work on whole person treatment for aphasia. You're mm -hmm. looking at the whole person from the foundation of genetics and how all the things that we've created as humans, as well as nutrition impacts right. the quality of someone's life. Yep. I have my own person. So, you know, in all of this, and, and I said earlier that, you know, I'm not a diagnostician. Um, but we do work with genetic counselors. So if there is something, because a lot of times, remember, in any gene panel we look at, a gene is just, isn't just one thing to one drug or one thing to this or one thing to that. Typically speaking, it affects multiple aspects. And so on our panel, obviously, there are things that we would need to refer out. Mm -hmm. So when people come to me, just so they understand that if there's something in there, there's a very good chance I may refer you out to a genetic counselor and say, hey, you know what? Here's the information. Talk to, let's go talk to them. Let's set up an appointment so that they can explain to you. Okay, now most people are going, oh my gosh, I don't wanna know. Okay, well, I understand that. And knowledge is power, mm -hmm. okay? Knowledge is power. Keep that in mind, okay, when we're thinking about this, because that's one of the most common questions I get is, what else do you look at? What else is it gonna tell me? Well, if it does tell you anything else, now you know, now you can be proactive. It's not, one gene and one biomarker, okay, as they're also called, is not a death sentence for anything, okay? And I hate—I don't want to be morbid, but this is a fear that people have. It it's is. not. It's just saying, hey, by the way, you've got this one biomarker, but, you know, there's about 100 more. But, you know, we just want to make sure that you're aware. Let's be proactive about it, no matter That's what right. it is. And it doesn't matter if it's type 2 diabetes or if it's, you know, you can't eat carbohydrates because you're going to gain too much weight. You know, right. We look at that stuff. I mean, we look at how you metabolize carbohydrates. We look at how you metabolize fats. We look at your insulin sensitivities. And again, yeah, this is all an opportunity for us to, yeah. again, live our lives the way we want to live them on our terms, to live them abundantly, to really embrace what we have and be able to move forward in the way in which we want to. So I think I got a new tagline for you, Carrie. What's that? Live life abundantly. <laughs> it's funny. That is my tagline. I changed. I, I actually. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that. So speaking of that, so let's, let's do some concluding remarks before we do that. I want to pop up. That doesn't look great. Let's see if I can do it that way. So this is Carrie's homepage on her website. So I definitely encourage you guys to start with the homepage. What I will do with the show notes, this live episode, as those of you who subscribe know, this live episode turns into the Listen for Life podcast episode next week. And in the show notes, wherever you subscribe to your podcast, I'm going to put in live links for Carrie's website, information that she's provided to me that gets you guys thinking about what if. What if I can figure a couple things out and help live life more abundantly? So let me pop this back down, Carrie, and go back here. Okay, that's better. Don't need to so, see me on the screen. So let's uh, do some concluding remarks, Carrie. Well, first of all, I, I just so everybody knows in, in all clear transparency, the pictures that are located on that website, I have to give credit where credit is due. Um, I've worked with a group that produced those and it was called it came from a reporting company called dna life they are also a very very thorough reporting 
solution is my understanding or, or lab. And those are great photo photographs. And so that's why those are out there. So. It paints a picture though. I mean, it shows people being active. And I know after stroke, it's super easy to, to feel like you can't get back to that. You can get back to wherever you want to be. It may be a different, it may be a little modified, but you can get mm-hmm. back there. That's and right. so that's what's really important. And it's just, you know, in closing, just we have an opportunity to approach healthcare differently. And we don't have to live with band-aiding everything with a medication. Okay. We are here to solve for what's going on. All right. Medications, some medications granted are lifelong medications. Okay. That is just, that is an honest truth. I want people to be cognizant and aware that substituting a natural product for a prescription medication can be very, very dangerous. Okay. We know how much active compound is in that prescription medication. I don't necessarily know how much active compound is in that nutraceutical, nor do I know exactly how much of it is in there and what else is in there. Okay. Because there's different regulations, there's different guidelines, you know, there is good manufacturing practice. And so my hope is always that anybody producing nutraceuticals is providing that information. But I want everybody to understand that substituting one for the other is not always the solution that we're going to get to. All right. And nutraceutical is still what we call a xenobiotic. You're still putting a chemical compound into your body. All right. Most prescriptions were created from a natural resource and either that natural resource, there's not enough of it, or it was just more effective to create, recreate that chemical compound in a lab and take out maybe some of the undesirable parts of it. So just keep that in mind when we're thinking and saying, oh, I'm going to stop all my medications and I'm going to go all natural. That's a a complete misnomer. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That, that is not what we're talking about here. Okay. So so if you have questions, if you have concerns, it's free to talk to me. Um, um, Genevieve, I think there's, you have a link to my calendar. You can jump on there. You can pick a day and a time that works for you. You know, come have a chat. I'd love to hear what you've got. I'd love to answer your questions and, and, you know, hopefully we can, we can move forward and and really get you to where you want to be. So pharmacogenomics looks at medications as compared to your genes. Right. It's genes and medicine. Genes and medicine. Yep. Nutrigenomics. Define Mm -hmm. that for us, Carrie. So nutrigenomics by, from the definition itself, and I'm going to pull it up so that I don't misspeak here, is the study of interactions between genes and nutrients. Okay. That's the quote unquote definition of it. All right. In my space, nutrigenomics is everything else that's not covered under pharmacogenetics because it is the nutrients, you know, it is, you know, the cannabis, it is all this other stuff that we have to look at. It's diet, it's exercise, and all of this encompasses nutrients, don't get me wrong, but we're also looking, like I said, we're looking at metabolism of, you know, fat, we're looking at carbohydrates, we're looking at, are you, you know, do you have to exercise more? What is the right exercise to do? Should I try to run a marathon or should I be powerlifting? I mean, we all fight our genes at times. What time, you know, I'm a night person. Is that genetic? Hmm, yeah, probably is. <laughs> right? It's called, clock, it's called the clock gene. Hey, I can drink caffeine until midnight and just fall right asleep. Is that genetic? Yep. Yes. That's genetic too. That one actually has also to do with lifestyle though. 
So just to put it all in context, nutrigenomics is what I like to say everything else, okay? It combines the principles from genomics, molecular biology, biochemistry, and nutrition. And that's, that's where we go. And what I thought was so interesting, just as a kind of icing on the cake from the nutrigenomics is you were able to coach me about skincare. And also like you just referred to, like I'm supposed to be a low, what is it? A low endurance. I forget how you put it. Like I'm supposed to be the, the treadmill walker. And that's what my genes say I should do, but I can't like mentally, I can't do that. I have to go lift weights. That's the only way I can, can do and that. A lot of us, and a lot of us are combinations of all of this. Okay. Sure. There, there isn't, I mean, there isn't one extreme or another. I mean, I'm a night owl, but I also have seven year old twins. So guess what? I don't get to be a night owl. That's right. <laughs> I go to bed and get up with them at 5am and, and start the day. So we fight our genes. We definitely do fight our genes. But yeah, part of what we offer isn't just a hundred page giant binder. The best part of that is that I sit down, one of my clinical pharmacists sit down, we read the information, we interpret the information, and we provide a summary of recommendations. All right. Mm -hmm. What Genevieve is referring to with the DNA skin, probably one of my faves It's super cool. We are partnered with a group called Dermalogica, and I've been using Dermalogica probably since their inception. I absolutely love their product line, but they have this super cool AI app where you take a picture of your face and it analyzes your skin. And so we take, here's your genetic makeup. Here's where you're at. We get a baseline for your skin, isn't that cool? And then we can create the skincare regimen for you that's actually gonna work, you know? It doesn't matter, you know, are you sensitive? Do you need to stay out of the sun? Is your pollution, what are we doing? What is our wrinkle thing? That, you know, what are we wrinkling? What are we, what are we doing? And so that's one of the cool, that's one of the really super cool sides of, of what I call the nutrigenomics platform at Health Biogenetics. Yes. We have one last question. We'll mm -hmm. pop it up. Let's finish off by talking about in general, Carrie, what does something like this cost? Are, are we talking $5,000 to be able to get this kind of testing? Can you give us a ballpark? So no. So the nutrigenomic, so a nutrigenomics panel, okay, is $375. All right. That's the, we do have a couple of add-on panels and our add-on panels are the CBD and the cannabis. And again, it'll be like the oral health, oral health and the eye health. And, you know, we do have financial aid programs for the PGX side, because typically speaking, the PGX side, you know, what we bill out for our third party payers is between $1,100 and $1,300. All right. And again, I preface that by also saying that we do have financial aid packages or programs available through that. We have our pharma assist concierge program, which is a membership program. And that program is part of where we can offer that financial aid help and assistance. I, I realize that this can be, especially if you want to get, you know, hey, you want to get all of this done because you really want to know, which is super awesome, but it's not a drop in the bucket for pretty much everybody. Okay. Especially in this day and age. So we make it easy. We make it affordable. We have within the pharmacist concierge program, you have access to a 24 seven pharmacist. Oh, let me call that genetic pharmacist. I could just get this new prescription from this doctor. Can I take that? I don't Before know. Before you even fill it, right? Before right. you even call. go pick call. it up. We've got your genetic data. Give us a call. Shoot us a text. That Send us a we will let you know. And if you can't take it, we will find a different solution. And we will call that provider for you and provide them the summary of recommendations and why. So that, because they, they don't want you to get hurt. No doctor does. 
everybody wants you to see you get better. That's the point of medicine, right? That's the healthcare. That's the point of it is to help you get better, to feel better. And so, you know, we can call them up and say, hey, you know what? That one's not going to work for the patient real well because they're just going to have really bad side effects. Or, and you know what? Here's a better suggestion. Or you call me up and you're like, hey, can I take that? You're good to go. You are good to go. Let me know how, you know, let me know if you have any questions. So, Love but it. that pharma assist program, it, it's that we offer, it's $29.99 a month for and for an individual, or we have a family plan that's $44.99 a month for a family of four. And again, it gives you 24-7 access to your pharmacist and lots of different discounts. So we have a discount for Dermalogica. We've got a discount for pure encapsulations until I get my compounding lab and nutraceutical lab open. That's who, that's who our preferred nutraceutical provider is. So that's that's just some of the benefits. And again, give me a call. You want to learn more? I am more than happy to share as much information as you'd like. Carrie, thank you for spending your time with us this morning and thoroughly explaining all of the amazing things that you offer for not only the stroke community, the aphasia community, but for everyone. And we have one last question. It says, so nothing is covered by insurance. Actually, the pharmacogenetic testing is the only one of the tests that is potentially covered by insurance, okay? Because nutrigenomics is not, it falls outside that, that scope or that realm. Okay. That's why that is all 100% cash-based. Okay. And the best way, if you all are interested in finding out more, you need to pick up the phone and call Carrie's office. And she has staff that can help answer those questions and talk to you about finances and the options. It's very comprehensive. This is groundbreaking for our health. And I just, I appreciate knowing you, Carrie. I, you know, from the, from the minute I knew what you did, I'm like, wow, this is a game changer. Oh, well, Genevieve, thank you so much. It has been by far a pleasure to know you as much, if not more than you just, it does my heart good to help anybody and everybody. That's why I'm here. That's why I do this. I want to see people get better. Okay. So Carrie, I'm going to pop you down. Hang on. We're going to go out in just a second here. So for those of you still listening, again, this live episode turns into the Listen for Life podcast episode next week. If you would like behind the scenes exclusive content, we are offering a comprehensive summary, not a transcript, but a summary of the take home actionable points from each episode. Often we have workbooks, handouts, things that go with many of these episodes. If you would like to have this exclusive information, you can click on the upper left corner there. There's a little QR code, or you can go to dolifespeechpathology.com and there will be a pop-up on the homepage of the website and you can subscribe from there. Lots of exciting things happening with Life Speech Pathology and Life Aphasia Academy. If you happen to have come across some of my videos lately on social media, I have started releasing. I have 40 short, actionable videos talking all about aphasia and cognition, and I'm turning all those into a free course for each of you. So you don't have to go and try and look back for all those videos. I'm pulling it all together in one place because like Carrie said, education is power. And I want to empower each of you 
in the aphasia and stroke community to understand what's going on so that you can do something about it if you want to. So thanks for tuning in. I appreciate each and every one of you. If you have any comments, send them my way. Hello at dolifespeechpathology.com. Join us next week, every Thursday at 11 Central. We are here and we are out for today. Have a good day, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Listen for Life podcast. We hope you feel empowered and supported. Head over to listenforlifepodcast.com to see the show notes with links and information from today's episode. Do you have a topic, a resource to share, or a guest recommendation? Inquiring minds want to know. Let us know in the comments section. Wishing you a fabulous week.